Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and I'm your host, Kat Bean Hansen. Welcome. We're glad you're here. For this week's message, which was originally given on February 7th, 2021, Pastor Emma Peterson delivers her first message after a month of study leave, which she has titled, Reflections on a Month of Reflecting. Good morning again, CVUU. What a joy and a gift it is to be back in your presence. I've returned from a month of study leave, a generous component of my covenantal agreement to serve this congregation. The UUA and the CVUU recognize the necessity of time when a minister can be relieved of their ministerial duties so that they may attend to professional development and reconnect to the spiritual practices that restore and inspire them. This past month was many things for me, but it was primarily a gift. We live in a world where rest and restoration are dismissed as indulgences. The evils of capitalism seek to punish those who insist on time to recoup. And so I recognize the depth of my vocational privilege and the sacredness of a congregation who blesses their minister with a separate space away from the congregation, simply to think, to pray, to write, and to study. I thought perhaps my first message upon my return could offer you, who I have been sequestered from, some insight into how I spent my time I'd also like to consider how all of us might implement moments of intentional restoration into our daily lives. American culture dissuades and guilts us for doing so, and I am no longer willing to tolerate that. Too often I have witnessed and experienced the burnout that comes from a culture that insists on continual and increased productivity. My time away from the CVUU was both a test and a gift, and I'd like to unpack that with you now. In March, I will be offering a sermon on boundaries, what they are, how to set them, and how to respond when someone you love instates them. The following week, I will offer a message on interdependence. We are aware, as Unitarian Universalists, of the interdependent web of existence of which we all are a part. And so how do we reconcile healthy boundary setting with what we owe to one another within our interdependent web? It occurred to me during this period of time in which my mind and my heart were allowed to wander through all of the millions of thoughts I'd meant to consider but could never find the space, that my period of study leave was exemplar of both healthy boundary setting and interdependence. During the entire month of January, I was relieved of my ministerial responsibilities so that I might focus on my professional development, namely my fellowshipping process with the UUA. 
and plan for the remaining church year and attend to my own spiritual well-being. This entire congregation did a remarkable job respecting the boundary around my temporary remove from the day-to-day obligations of being your pastor, while still remaining in touch with me as a member of our beloved community. As many of you are aware, on the morning of January 1st, my beloved dog, Roberta, died suddenly of a stroke-like event. You may recall that Roberta came to me during perhaps the loneliest period of my life. I, of course, said it in jest, that, that, but the phrase that I uttered before finding her, if I don't find someone to love me, I'm going to die, felt deeply true, even if I laughed when I said it. While I have never ascribed to the belief that everything happens for a reason, there are occurrences in all of our lives that are simply too perfect to dismiss at least some participation from the divine spirit. I called the Cedar Bend Humane Society in search of a Velcro dog, a companion who would cleave to me and comfort me and always stay beside me. Berta was exactly that companion. And so when she died in my arms on the morning of New Year's Day, it felt exactly like a piece of my own soul went with her into the great beyond. As soon as she was gone, I felt myself needing the comfort and the healing thoughts of my church community. I texted Mary Kay and I wrote a Facebook post and then I retreated into myself to begin the process of grieving my loss. And the CVUU showed up for me. My mailbox was flooded with cards and my phone pinged with sweet text messages. Virginia Booty even created portraits of Roberta, capturing her likeness so completely, it was like she herself saw Roberta's perfect soul exactly as I did. Berta's timing was remarkable, slipping away at the creasing of the old and the new year, and on the morning I was meant to begin my time of intentional study. How, I remember thinking so clearly, was I supposed to attend to my long list of things to do when suddenly grief had arrived, big, imposing, taking all of the space in the room, demanding to be attended to first. The love and the care from all of you helped me through the worst initial days following Roberta's death. That this community was able to hold me in the midst of my grief, even when I myself could not minister to you in return, demonstrated exemplary boundaries and our commitment to one another in beloved community. I am still grieving the loss of my beloved pet and I know I will be for a long time to come. But all of you softened the initial blow, and I am so grateful for your kindness and your care. Losing Roberta, as painful and wrenching as it has been, has encouraged me to reconnect with my spiritual sense of the world. Grief has a funny way of forcing us towards meaning-making. It had been a very long time, I realized, since I'd encountered loss in my own life. 
It had been a long time, too, when, when Roberta came to me, since I'd loved something in the complete and unconditional way we loved each other. In her absence and in the open space of my January, I began to consider again the existence of the soul and the spirit and the ways our souls recognize other souls when our journeys convene together. My period of study leave gave me the space my heart needed to consider these things. We don't typically offer bereavement time for the loss of a pet. And yet I found myself consistently astonished by how necessary the space to process what had occurred was for me. Here I was with all this blessed time, able to create rituals and write and pray. What an incredibly unique privilege. during my study leave, the fellowshipping work, the books I wanted to read, the writing I planned to do, was could have possibly been accomplished without the release from my other vocational responsibilities. We live under the relentless demands of cultural capitalism in a society that upholds productivity above all else. Capitalism insists on ever-increasing amounts of production from the individual. A disdain for rest and recuperation is inherently ableist, and it dismisses the fact that when we are all well-rested, we are ultimately better equipped to meet the demands imposed upon us by a culture that values what we can create more than creation itself. Consider, for example, the Fight for 15, a campaign to raise the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour that began back in 2012. In fact, most experts, in fact, most experts agree that considering the plea to raise the minimum wage began nearly a decade ago, $15 an hour is no longer a sufficient wage when we factor in inflation and the rising cost of living. The blowback was swift when the current administration reintroduced raising the federal minimum wage. And I'm not just talking about political blowback. My Twitter feed was flooded with disparaging remarks about how easy it is to flip burgers. Let me tell you something. There is nothing easy about spending all day on your feet in a hot kitchen, enduring abuse from belligerent customers, especially now when COVID has killed nearly half a million Americans, many of them service workers. The irony of our lauding of essential workers, calling them heroes back in March is not lost on me. How can we recognize, how can we reconcile being essential with policy that ensures service workers remain damned to poverty. The majority of our essential workers do not have paid sick time, let alone paid vacation or health insurance or even consistent schedules that guarantee a day or two off a week to rest. And so for me, the question becomes, how do I make use of my deep vocational privilege 
when I am so aware of how vital my own access to restorative time is to create a culture where we uphold the right to rest, the right to attend to our spiritual well-being, the right to push back against systems that break our bodies and our spirits for the sake of the means of production. How do I, as a Unitarian Universalist, uphold the inherent worth and value of every human being when the federal minimum wage sits at $7.25 an hour and people are left without health insurance during a pandemic and the world rages on and keeps spinning and those who remove themselves intentionally or by necessity are left behind. I believe that cultural shifts begin with the individual and that it is the individual example that inspires others to take up the charge, eventually linking together as a collective force for change. And so we begin a shift. We begin to shift a culture that diminishes the need for rest by claiming our own right to rest and restoration. By acknowledging our own need to rest, we offer others permission to recognize when they themselves may be yearning to rest. By recognizing the beautiful gift of intentional spiritual reflection, we open ourselves up to be spiritually nourished and spiritually blessed by one another. By recognizing our own need to step back temporarily from our responsibilities, we may take note of the responsibilities that have perhaps been overshadowed and overlooked. When we allow ourselves to create balance in our own lives, balance between work and play, balance between reflection and action, we make space to create more full lives. By claiming the realities of our humanness, that we are not machines, that we are creatures who need nourishment of all kinds to remain healthy and engaged, we open ourselves up to witness and acknowledge the humanness of others. If there have perhaps been moments in your own life when you have judged yourself too harshly for needing balance, take note and forgive yourself now. And if there have been moments where you have judged the energy levels of others, thinking them somehow inadequate because their standards of productivity do not match your own, take note and forgive them, recognizing that your judgment may actually come from your own conditioning within a capitalistic system that punishes us for the radical act of restoration and rest. Beloveds, it is so good to be back in your company. I have missed each and every one of you this past month. In this time of already forced distance, the absence of you was felt all the more by me. In this time when the relentlessness of pandemic living and social upheaval and by the minute changing news can exhaust even the hardiest amongst us, my moment of respite, of extended Sabbath, of spiritual renewal, 
of professional development and of looking ahead was all the more necessary. One day, as Reverend Teresa writes, one day we will go into the sunlight nowhere special. We will be barefaced and grateful. Someday we will return to the physical company of one another. But until then, I implore you to take your Sabbaths, to rest when you are tired, to hear the persistent murmur of your soul when it is anxious to be rejuvenated. I implore you to temporarily put aside your responsibilities so that you will be more able to pick them up again with enthusiasm and conviction. I implore you to urge others to find time for their own restoration during this time when life is particularly relentless. Together, by recognizing our own needs and the needs of others, we can create a world where rest is the celebrated expectation, where we are not punished for the reality of our human needs but we recognize and meet the needs of ourselves and the needs of others. Beloveds, may it be so because we make it so. I am so happy to be back in your presence. Amen and blessed be. This has been the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists. The music is by Nathan Moore. If you want to learn more about the CVUU, visit our website at www.cedarvalleyuu.org. And you can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at Cedar Valley UU. We welcome visitors to attend our online services on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you'd like to learn more about joining us for a service, send us an email at cvuupodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.